pray, Father, that we may continue to grow. Yes, Father. Love and our knowledge of you, Lord God, our love for one another. May we truly be relational, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you would add to our numbers those that are being saved, Lord, that you would be ready to receive them, eager to receive them, Lord God. And Father, um, we do pray for our time and word together, Lord. I pray that we would have ears that hear what your Holy Spirit is saying to us, Lord. May we walk away with having worship our risen king.
turning around My fear and my doubt You tell them to bow And even the hurries, the worries are busy We have to slow down And even the ocean Becomes our land Oh 
this morning, God, that we would not be distracted, but God, that we would fix our eyes upon you, Jesus, the resurrected King of kings and Lord of lords, God, the one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of God in the place of authority, the one who came to set the captives free, to call us to come and to follow you, deny ourselves to pick up our cross and to follow you, Lord. Mm, Sweet Jesus. Oh God, you're so good, you're so good. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God, just for the opportunity to gather, to be at your feet, Father, to, to open up your word, Lord. We ask that you would pour out afresh and anew upon us, Father. Holy Spirit, that you would lead us, that you would counsel us. That we would remain in step with you. God, as the world is getting crazier and crazier, and Father, we thank you that we are, if we're in Christ, are secured in Christ. Thank you that darkness can never extinguish light. And yet though the world may be getting crazier and crazier, you have called us to go forth in it to bear your image. To be your people. To announce the good news. (laughs) The resurrected Christ. Jesus, the Son of the living God. The only God, the true God. Oh, Father, we thank you. Pray, God, that you would just bless our time, Lord, that we would walk away encouraged and strengthened for what's ahead of us, Lord. That we would focus and fix our eyes upon you, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. So application, sustained effort, hard work, the Christian walk is not... Cakewalk. <laughs> Not an easy road. It's a narrow road. It's a hard road. Praise be to God that He's walked it before us. He's walked it before us. He calls us to Himself. 
he gives us all that we need, you all. The Bible says he's given us everything we need to live a godly life. In a world that is so ungodly, in a world that does not love God, it's in complete rebellion towards God, everything about the world, its systems, everything about it, it's against God. But yet God has his people here to do the will of God. Sustained effort, hard work, application, to apply truth, not just to be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. We are to give our full attention to the task that has been assigned to us. We're to work hard at it. We're to be good stewards of all that he's entrusted to us. Everything, everything. We're learning to live a new way. Again, we're not adding Jesus to our lives. No, we are dead to our old selves. Now we are alive in Christ. It's his life. It's his life in us. We have to get out of his way. We have to yield to him. He is to be on the throne of our hearts. The Holy Spirit is to be in charge. This is a spirit-filled life. This is a life dependent upon the Holy Spirit that we walk not by sight, but we walk by faith. And we know that greater is he than it that is in us and he that is in this world. And so we have the assurance that if we are in Christ, that we are sealed until the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. And now we go forth each and every single day, abiding in Christ, knowing that we could do nothing apart from him. And that we're learning of Christ. We're never going to be perfected or until we are with him. But like I've always encouraged us, but we ought to be maturing. We ought to be growing. So applying the Bible is the duty of all Christians. If we don't apply, the Bible becomes nothing more to us than a normal book. And a practical collection of old manuscripts. That's why Paul says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put into, put into practice. Not just here, not just journal, just not write, not just not do a mantra over it, but put into practice. Do it, do it, do it. Even if everything else, else around you is screaming at you not to, everything maybe within you is telling you not to, you must do it. If you're truly a Christian, we're to obey. Not make excuses. Not to keep giving ourselves the right. But learning and recognizing, no, no, no. Dead people have no rights. We're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our bodies, with all of our strength. So we are to put it into practice. And then listen to that promise from Philippians 4, 9. And the God of peace will be with you. God with us, you all. When we apply the Bible, God himself will be with us. The degree to which we study, memorize, and meditate on God's word is the degree to which we understand how it applies to our lives. But understanding how the word applies is not enough. We must actually apply it. Application implies action. And obedient action is a final step causing God's word to come to life in our lives. The application of scripture enforces and further enlightens our study 
and it also serves to sharpen our discernment, and we also have to finish this, helping us to better distinguish between good and evil. How are you doing with that? How are you growing? How are you maturing in your discernment between that which is good and that which is evil? How are you standing each and every single day rooted and grounded in Christ? No matter what's going on around you, or even man, no matter what's going on within you, but giving Christ His rightful place. His rightful place. It's not a forced surrender. It doesn't force us. Now we just freely surrender to Him and to Him alone. For we are to be the people of God, doing the will of God. For the glory of God. Go to Romans 13. Scriptures continue to hold up in front of us to encourage you in application, in applying the Word of God. Romans 13, verse 14. Actually, Carrie, can you go ahead and Let's do 11 through 14, if you can update the notes. This is all the more urgent, for we know how late it is. Time is running out. This was written a while ago, you all. And if time was running out then, how much more is it running out now? Wake up! For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So, here's some application. <laughs> Remove your dark deeds. Like dirty clothes. And put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day. We must, we must circle that, highlight that. I don't know how you're meditating on the word. I don't know how you're, you're, you're sitting with it and, 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 and asking the Holy Spirit to, to give you insight and understanding on how to apply this. What does this scripture that you're hearing, how are you going to get up from this place today and apply it throughout this week? Re by removing your dark deeds and putting on the shining armor of right living because we belong to the day we must live this decent lives for all to see so don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity or in immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy Instead, some application here for you. Clothe yourself. These just can't be words. <laughs> Clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. 
I mean, that's where sin comes from. Sin comes from that, the, those desires that are from within. Clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus. How are you applying that? What does that look like? Sustained effort, hard work. You're to focus on this. And as you're doing that, as you're clothing yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus, don't let yourself, listen to this. It didn't say don't let yourself do. It said don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Because as you think, so you will go. So you will go. So so don't even think. Think. The backbiting, the gossiping, the insecurities, all of that junk. It doesn't have to be the the known sin of drunkenness and wild parties and orgies because we're already told to stay away from that. And so people can see if we're, we're running around with that. Yes, we need to stay away from that. We don't belong there anymore. But how's your mind? What are you doing behind closed doors when you're with others who, quote-unquote, may not be Christians or walking firmly in Christ? (laughs) I don't even think about ways to give yourself the right to your evil desires. And every desire that comes from self is evil. It's birth from self, from the flesh, it's evil. And you're to be, and I'm to be, growing and maturing and understanding and discerning that which is good and evil. So that we're doing that which is good. Which is good. And ultimately, for others to see that this Christian life is just not a form of religion. It's just not, remember those scriptures, the kingdom of God is just not a bunch of talk. (laughs) They go to church, but it's power, transformation. We all could go run amok, but we don't, hopefully. Because of Christ. Because of Christ. And others should see that. There's a difference. What is it? No, it's not what, who. I'll tell you who. It's not what, it's who. Let me tell you who has made the difference. (laughs) This is who we are. I think about the man that I posted about the other day. Two weeks he was a Christian. For two weeks he was a Christian. And then slaughtered in the streets for his faith. Left behind his wife and his daughter. I'm like, what? God? Wow. Wow. Jesus. 
And he knew by accepting Christ, his life was already marked by his village. But he ventured out to get supplies. And on his way home, they pulled out the blades and swords and just chopped him up. I mean, I don't know about you, but when you read testimonies like that, what does that do for you when you think about how you live your life? If you're calling yourself a Christian, <clears throat> if you're calling yourself a Christian, like there's a way in which we are called to live. Well, that's over there. No, it's no matter where you're at on this earth, you are to consider the cost. Your life is no longer your own You belong to Christ. To Christ. Not to a church. Not to a religion, institution. But to Christ. You are now a threat because of Christ. The world hates Christ. The flesh, the people of their flesh hate Christ. The enemy of this world (laughs) hates Christ. (laughs) So you have to understand this is a spiritual walk. You have been reborn. There's a new birth that's come forth. And this is how you're learning to live. So application is vital. So when you hear these scriptures, we've heard them for almost seven months now, what are we doing with them? How are you going about living? How are you going about representing Christ? And as I've always said, first and foremost, to yourself. And we know we don't have to be bound by shame and guilt. Yet there's still areas in our life that we need to mature in. There's areas in our life that we still need to grow in and get real and raw and transparent and say, God, here... Here it is. I'm not a good steward in this. I'm not doing this right. God, here, here. I don't have to beat myself up over it. Because if God is revealing it to you, it's just again showing you his loving kindness towards you, drawing you to repentance. He's not calling you to continue to resist him. I'll just tuck it away again. Maybe he won't touch it anymore. No, he wants all of you. All of you. There's no settling in that. So you cannot remain in rebellion towards Him. You are to remain in Christ. And so when these scriptures are being read, what are you doing with them? How are you living them out? What does that look like for you daily? This is what we're looking for. Go to Ephesians 5.8. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. Actually, Carrie, for this one, I'm going to change this one too. We're going to start at verse 1. And then let's go to verse 20. Again, we're talking about application. We're talking about living 
the Christian life. Not a form of Christianity, not just a form of religion that makes you spiritual. You're not dabbling with Christ and then dabbling with demons. You're not dabbling with Christ and dabbling with dead people. You're not dabbling with Christ and dabbling with trinkets. You're not dabbling with Christ and dabbling with horoscopes. You're not dabbling with Christ and dabbling with everything else that's out there. Christ is enough. Christ is enough. You don't need all the rest of that. All that other stuff is demonic. It's teachings of demonic from demons. And the Bible warns us about it. So that's why it's vital, especially in the day and age in which we're living and that we're going into, because we know as the time and the seasons are approaching to his return, the level of deception and lawlessness and chaos is rising in the lands throughout the earth. And the church, she belongs to Christ. We're not Israel. We're not the harlot. We're not running around, sleeping here and there, having this idol and that idol. No, we belong to Christ. We are His. And He is ours. Like He's our first love, our only love. He's the center of it all. This is who he is. And apart from that, all we have is a, re- a dead religion that we just stamped his name on. And it means nothing because it doesn't even transform us. And we're making a mockery of him. So when we hear these scriptures and we talk about application, yes, it's hard work. It's sustained effort. It's not, oh, I'm in it for this month. I got what I needed and then I'm out the next. No, it's sustained effort. It's hard work. Imitate God. This is God's stand. This isn't man's stand. This is God telling you, telling me, imitate God. How'd you do with that this week? Don't make excuses. This is the reality. And if that standard... Was it met and kept, then you ought to be repenting. Not playing the weird, oh God, I'm a bad Christian. Oh, I'm so bummed, shame and God. No, that's just making it about you. Again, the reason why you even recognize that, no, I, I failed, is because of his loving kindness revealing to you, draw closer to me. He's not stiff arming you, he's calling. Come closer. Learn of me. I will give you what you need. I will equip you to imitate me. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Not just when you're around your Christian friends. But in everything. Oh, not everything, Rob. Everything. Because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love 
And I keep saying to you all, if you don't have what you're hearing, then ask. Still ask today, and I will continue to ask until I'm with him. Because again, we're not perfected until we're with him. But that does not give us the excuse to continue to be miserable and nasty and wounded and insecure and just bound by all sorts of sin. (laughs) You gotta wake up, you all. No. Everything. Because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love. Listen to this. Following the example of Christ. He is your example. If you don't have it, ask. I remember when I first came to Christ. I don't know how to live, God. How do I live now? How now then shall I live? I know how I would live, God, if I was in control. But I hear your word. I hear your voice. I know this life is not my own any longer. I've got all this stuff screaming inside of me that I have identified with and it has slayed me and kept me down. So God, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know how you're talking to God. But we've got to stop making excuses for our ignorance. For our lack of stewardship, for our lack of understanding, for our lack of wisdom. And we've got to start pressing in. You know, I keep telling you all, no, I, I don't make light of what each of us have gone through. But if we're just focused on what we've been through, then guess where we're going to remain? Back there. But when you've tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good, you're not going to settle for the vomit. You're not going to settle for the filth. You know, God, I want more. I want more. I want more, God. Just real God. How can I think I can hide anything from you? You know all. You see all. You're prompting me, Holy Spirit. Like That's not the way to live. That's not the way to keep talking. That's not the way to keep acting. Those people aren't the people you ought to keep allowing to influence you. But we demand our rights. But if you're truly in Christ, you're dead. And you have no rights. This is the gospel message. Because we're kingdom people now. Seek first his kingdom. You've been engrafted into the family of God. And it has nothing to do with you. And how good you are and how good you do things. But it has all to do with Christ. With Christ. So I'm just telling you, you don't have to pretend... You don't have to put on a show. You just got to get real and raw with God. He already knows. So God, if you're calling me to this, 
I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that you rose from the dead. I believe and know, God, that I was in complete rebellion towards you, that I was in your enemy, but God, you so loved me that you sent your one and only Son, that if I would believe in him, I will not perish but have eternal life. God, this is my belief, this is my confession, and God, what you be, will be good in me, you are faithful to complete. My life is yours. Do you know what he's taken when you give him your life? All of that junk. <laughs> so he already knows. He already knows how bad you were. It's like I said a week or a week, a couple weeks ago. If he wanted to strike you down, he would have struck you down then. So why are you hiding? Why are you running? Why are you going back? He's telling you, come. Come to me. And so you just got to get real. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. My God. Here it is. I can't, but you can. I give it to you. My thoughts, my wounds, my desires, everything. Here, God. My lack of patience, my lack of love. Here, God. Show me now. How am I to live? This is what we're doing, y'all. This is application. This is getting rooted in Christ. Living life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Not anyone else. Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual morality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead... Well, if we don't do all that any longer, what do we do? Well, instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no, and he's writing to the church, you all. <laughs> you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. So don't be fooled. Verse 6 is a good verse for today's generation. So don't be fooled by those in the church who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once, for once, you were full of darkness. But now, here's the good news. But now you have light from the Lord, so live as people of light. For the light within you produces, listen to that, it's not you, it's Christ in you. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, instead, what do we do then instead? Expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. 
for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity and these evil days. That's how you're to be living. Not just a pastor, not just the next spiritual Christian that you think has calling on their life. Oh, well, let them live it out. No, it's for all of us. How are you making the most of every opportunity? I'm busy about myself, my schedule, this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that. And you're missing out on every opportunity because you're still so consumed with yourself. You've got to start at the first place. Deny yourself. You can't even get to the place of picking up your cross because you're still full of yourself. And that is what we have to get to in this year in order to get to where we're going. That's why application is vital. Ah, oh, Jesus. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And here, how do we do that? How do we make the most of every opportunity? You're wondering? Look at the next verse. God help us. Don't act thoughtlessly. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sing, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And finally, give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, there's something beautiful about being thankful, being grateful. And worshiping our God. Again, we come to Christ, we don't know how to live. We know what we've come from and what's still in there. But we're to reckon ourselves dead to it. Because now Christ, Christ has marked us for himself. We have received the Holy Spirit, God himself in us, to live this life. So this life has to be dependent upon him. I know how I pray that your dependency upon Christ is growing. It's growing and maturing. Because if you're still looking for this out here to give you some sense of purpose, some sense, some sense of hope, some sense of fulfillment, it's all passing away. <laughs> oh, look to Christ as that song was playing over us. Set your eyes, fix your eyes on Christ. It's all for you, Lord. It's all yours. I'm who am I? <laughs> you loved me. You've called me out. You were pleased to reveal yourself to me through your son, Jesus. And I want to continue to remain living for myself, doing me, myself and I, 
giving myself the right to this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that. And then somehow thinking, poop, I'm saved. I'm a Christian. Well, the devil has fooled you. And you have fooled yourself. It's an enemy of God you are. I mean, listen to the word of God. <laughs> These letters that you're hearing are written to the church. You are not to be numbered among those who are being damned. You're not. There are those who would never come to Christ and they will be damned to hell. What are you doing? What would we be doing among them? Just because we have to get our groove on. Just because we have, we kind of feel like we're part of the world still. And it's happening in churches, you all. Heck, sometimes I go into churches that I don't know if I'm in the club or if I'm in church. I don't know who's running things. Man or God? It's the most craziest things going on. Things are just being allowed and we're just running amok, running amok. You just kind of go, what? Oh, we got to wake up, you all. We got to wake up. We got to wake up. We got to wake up. It's an all out assault, it's war. But we don't have to be afraid. We're not to be cowering down and we ought not to be numbered among those who are being damned. No, we're the bride of Christ. We are His people. We're living for Christ. We're trusting Christ. We're loving Christ. Oh, but I still have this issue. Okay, okay. Give it to Christ. Grow up in it. Mature in it. And stop identifying with it. Oh, but you don't know what's going on. Okay, okay. Get it out into the light. If you're truly serious about it, stop making, forcing us to accept the way you want to keep going. No matter what that is. If you're in blatant sin, if you're walking in blatant disobedience to Christ, no, something is wrong. You ought to feel the conviction you ought to allow the Holy Spirit to do His job and drawing you to Christ. His, it's His loving kindness that leads you to repentance. Repent. Get up. Have, have a genuine sorrow like, ah, God, I hate this sin. <laughs> oh, here I am again with it. It's like when Paul says in Romans, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this? And so many Christians stop there reading that scripture. Well, see, Paul, Paul, look at Paul. I'm like, why do you stop there? Because then you're giving yourself the right. I just struggle. I just struggle. And listen, I don't make light of the struggle. But can you get to the other side of the scripture? Where he says, praise be to God. Jesus Christ. 
will deliver us. It is a pool. Galatians tells us the flesh and the spirit, they war against each other. They didn't say they, they, you know, they punch lightly. It's a war inside you. So I don't make light. Whatever the stuff is that's going on in here. But you all ought to take it lightly. Because its intent is to destroy you. And to destroy anyone else around you. By making you live a mockery, a life mocking God. And so they don't see any power in a so-called Jesus that you say you belong to. Come on, you all. Gotta wake up. Gotta wake up. Remember, it's easy to fall asleep nowadays. Shh. Told you, the devil don't mind singing lullabies in your ear with Jesus' name. He don't mind. Shh. Don't you be so spiritual. Shh. We do hear scripture. can't make this stuff up. You can't. But it can be lived, you all. That's why we need Christ. We need the Holy Spirit. And that's why He's given us the church. He's given us each other. Iron sharpens iron. We gather to encourage, to edify, and to build each other up. To be transparent as we are before Him, before each other. That we understand what it is to kill the flesh. To war against the flesh. So we need each other. We're so many different parts of the body. We need each other to function. So we can't be hiding. We can't be counted among the damned. We can't be running back and forth, left and right, here and there, up and down, spinning all around. I just get grounded. And you know what they do when they plant little trees? Have you ever seen, have you ever planted a little tree? Have you ever seen them plant little trees? They prop them up. So that the roots can get grounded. And it's okay to be young in your faith. You don't have to be where everyone else is at. But just be open to say, come and help me. Hold me up. I need to allow my roots to get deep into Christ. This is how we're supposed to be living, you all. This is how we're supposed to be living. John 1, where we're heading now. We may have talked about this before, but I've been talking about it again. So I wanted to kind of hone in on it. John 1, verse 12 to 13. 
I told you all before, and you've heard it before, maybe from maybe other ministers. But the biggest lie that the enemy has sold the earth, especially the church. It's the biggest lie. It's the number one deception. You know what it is? Is that all, everyone, 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 everyone is a child of God. Just ask yourself, have you believed it? Do you still believe that? John chapter 1. Verse 12 through 13 is where I'm heading. And he said, but I thought everyone was a child of God. No. The truth is, everyone is made in the image of God. And due to that, we can have an understanding of that truth. Everyone is made in the image of God and that should prompt us to share the good news about Jesus so that they can be reconciled back to their creator. But when we bite into that lie and that deception that everyone is a child of God, do you know what we do? We don't evangelize. There's no accountability. Poof, you're a Christian. Poof, you're a Christian. Poof, you're a Christian. Everyone's a Christian. And God loves us all. And God does love us all. But His love is not going to save you. It's because of His love that He sent Jesus. And you can only be saved because of His love because of Jesus. And so I'm hoping that you understand this reality of what we're up against out there and what you're up against out there every time you go out there. People have bought into this lie. Again, everyone is made in the image of God. But no, not everyone is a child of God. Only those who have been born again are given the right to be children of God. Those are the true children of God. John 1, verse 12 through 13. But to all who believed Him and accepted Him, talking about Jesus, have gave, He gave the right to become children of God. They are, listen to what happens, they are reborn. Not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. From God. That's how you know you're a child of God. Please, if that is what you have bought into, that everyone's a child of God. Understand, you're teaching a doctrine of demons. 
You're not giving them truth. We've got to love people enough because God loved us enough to give them Jesus. <laughs> to give them Jesus. Go to 1 John 3. To the back. 1 John 3. 1 John 3, verse 1. See how very much our Father loves us. For He calls us His children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. I mean, don't forget, Jesus Himself exposes this lie. When He looks at the Pharisees, these men of the hour who were running the church of their day, running God's people. And he says to them, your father's the devil. You're children of the devil. Oh, but Jesus, no, no, Jesus, correct yourself. Because don't you know, Jesus, everyone is a child of God. They're not. They're all created in the image of God, but you do not become a child of God until God himself rebirths you. <laughs> and the only way that can be done is through Christ. Through Christ. Through Christ. I mean, come on. We're talking about now the new covenant. <laughs> We're people that's just not set apart for him, like the old covenant. But no, we are his people now. We belong to him. He has purchased us. And we have freely surrendered to him. Go to 1 John, stay there, we'll go to chapter 5. Verse 1 through 2. Actually, Actually, it should be verse 1 through 12. So, care if you'll update that for me. It says here, Everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ has become, has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments, listen to this, are not burdensome. So when your flesh wants to tell you how burdensome your new life is in Christ, you better remind yourself, no, no. It's not, they're not burdensome. For every child of God, listen to this. Here's some good news, you all. 
There's some good news to get you up from your seat today and go out and live in victory in Christ. (laughs) For every child of God defeats the evil world. And we achieve this victory. How do we do it? Through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Who? Only those who who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. There's your hope, you all. Stop cowering down. Stop allowing the world to run you amok. Stop freaking out and being overly anxious and concerned. Trust in God. Believe in God. Understand the signs of the time. Allow your level of discernment to get sharpened so in these days you can distinguish between that which is good and evil even though evil is being paraded around as if it's good. And start living your life. Because look, every child of God defeats the evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. Verse 6, And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by His baptism in water, and by shedding His blood on the cross, not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it with His testimony. So we have three witnesses. The spirit, the water, and the blood. And all three agree. Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about His Son. All who believe in the Son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe that God has testified about His Son. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. Oh, how you should go and sit with these scriptures this week. You've got to start preaching to yourselves, you all. You've got to go and you've got to look and say, this is your mirror, this is your life now, this is how you're to be living So how do I apply all of that? What does this mean to me? How is that changing me, transforming my heart, creating me to be the new person that I am in Christ? This is the standard I you're to hold up as I hold up. We're to hold up for ourselves. So when the flesh comes, it runs right into it and say, oh, no, I know you. You don't reign here any longer. No, 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 no. Must I remind you? I'm a child of God. God loves me. I'm called to live a way that honors Him. And I know the testimony of Jesus is valid. I'm not even questioning it. I don't know how you're talking to yourself. I don't know how you're encouraging yourself. I don't know how you're getting yourself through the day. But you can't be mixing things, your Christian faith with all this other brouhaha that's out there. Be a Christian. You don't need to add anything. You've got all you need in Christ. 
and in the Holy Spirit. Drawing you to Himself. Go to verse 18 now. In chapter 5, verse 18 through 21. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning. I get out my journal, get out my little notebook, get out my computer, open my Bible. God, I can see that your word says to me that I am to know that as your child, I am not to continue to make it a practice to keep sinning. God, I do. But if your word says I'm not supposed to, well then God, how is that to be lived then? So I begin to make my notes from what I see in Scripture. Help me, Holy Spirit, to apply this truth because this is truth that will break the strongholds that have been established in my mind. And I love this answer here. Or it's not even so much an answer, but I love when I write it down, I circle it and I highlight it. And and this is my focal point. Not so much the first part of it, though it's vital. Because I'm not to continue to make sin a practice in my life. But I love this picture here. So we know as his children, we do not make a practice of sinning. For God's Son holds them securely. Mm. Jesus, you're holding me securely. And the evil one cannot touch them. We know that we are, listen to the confidence we can have. And we just want to keep stamping everyone else with it to, to cheapen the understanding of truly what it means to be a child of God. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. I don't have to be confused. Again, I don't have to mix my Christian faith with anything else. I used to mix it all up. But I don't need to add anything else. I don't need a psychic. I don't need a statue. I don't need rocks and charms. Ah, Jesus. And we know that the Son of God has come and He has given us an understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and He is eternal life. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. Application. How are you to be living? You're a child of God. Do you understand? You've been engrafted into his family. You've been given the right. You have been given the, 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 the right to call him Abba, Father. Like I belong to you. You securely hold me. Do you understand the worth and the value? 
Then I can go back and find other scriptures. And you should see I, I begin to chart a course through the Bible. Romans 5.1, therefore now I'm at peace with God through Jesus Christ my Lord. Do you understand the confidence that you get not in and of yourself because you do good works, because you don't rule jewelry, or you always wear dresses, or you do this, or you do that, or you don't do this, or you don't do that, and somehow I'm right and good with God. No, those are teachings from demons. To make it still about you, but it's all about God. All about God. All Jesus, you all. So God, wow. Here I am, Lord. And nothing to hide. You've stripped me bare. And I don't have to feel shame. Because you cleansed me. And you know the war that's raging waging within me. But I so thank you, God, that you've given me your Holy Spirit that I can yield and I can walk and step habitually, the Word of God says. Not just when, I, when it feels right for me. No. Like, if you walk continually in the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Amen. So if you find yourself given over to your flesh, again, don't beat yourself up. You just got to start patching up some holes. Because something triggered you to look and to say, and it says, psst, come this way. And you're like, huh? Psst, come this way. You're like, what? Come this way. Remember, temptation in and of itself isn't the sin. That's why the Bible, again, that's why we have to start coursing through the Word of God. Where He says He makes a way out of every temptation. Just because you're tempted doesn't mean you're sinning. It's when you give in. It's when I'm stepping. Woo, it's a good day. Thank you, Joe. Wow, huh? Yeah. And all of a sudden, something or someone else has caught my eyes. Something or someone else. Has taken God's place. And I'm no longer walking in step with the Spirit. Now, I'm walking in death and rebellion. For what? For what? And praise be to God, He doesn't leave us there. As he comes in and pursues us. Psst, Rob, what are you doing? Yeah. What? Yeah. And then you don't run from him. Oh, God, I'm a bad Christian. Oh, God's going to get me. No, you go, oh, Daddy. Oh, God, I'm sorry. And then you repent. You get up. You go, ah! God, help me, help me, help me to patch the wall. Patch it up. I don't want to listen to it any longer. This is how you'd be living, you all. This is the Christian life. And if you're living any other way, then... I don't know what to tell you. I'm very concerned you may not be a Christian. (laughs) I keep telling you all, I've told you all over the years, 
if you keep hearing the gospel being presented that gives you the right to live however you want. That's not the gospel, y'all. Y'all have run from that. But you know who's preaching the gospel, that, that type of gospel to you the most? Yourself. Yourself. Did God really say, oh, maybe I'm taking this a bit too extreme. God knows my weaknesses. God knows. Did God, oh, you know. And then somehow we just make these lies, these beliefs, these, these customs. And before you know it, we're way off course. God is pursuing and God is revealing and God is running after us. And if we're not responding to him, do you understand? Do you really think you're going to stand before him on that day when you take your last breath and go, oh God. I believe those are going to be the people that are stand before me and say, but, but wait, God, didn't we do this in your name? But I went to church. I, you know, I gave in the offering. I, I helped the poor. I, I helped the widow. I, I gave and I did. And I did it in Jesus' name. God says, I don't know you. You worker of iniquity. You who are still marked as sin being your master. I'm not your master. I don't even know you. Depart from me. But those who have been truly born again are the children of God when they stand in the last day. Yet though they have fought the good fight, yet though they have tripped up, failed sin, got up, tripped up, failed sin, got up and kept pressing on, not just staying down, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter in. This is the hope, y'all. This is what this is the hope. This is the hope. This is what we have to go forth and to offer others. We're just not going along with how they want to do. They have listen, they have every right to live however they want. We don't hate them. Oh, we don't hate them. But we don't lose ourselves among them. We're not just to kind of sit back and kind of like, no. Doesn't mean you have to preach to them every time you're with them or hit them over the head with the Bible or damn them to hell every time you're with them. But what it does mean is you don't lose your identity. They're ready for the brawl. They're ready for the fight. They're ready for you to... But no. You live however you want. But understand. But when the door opens, when the opportunity is there for you to share, when the opportunity is there, when you're among them, to not give in to what they're doing or go along with it and... Woohoo! Party along with it? No, no, you graciously bow out. I'm sorry. I can't be a part of that. Oh, you think you're better than us? No, no, no. In fact, I know I'm not. But for whom I believe in and whom I serve, 
people. They're going to hate you already. <laughs> They're going to have issues with you already. So you don't have to point your crooked finger. You don't have to get loud. You don't have to get nasty. You just got to live your life, you all. You just got to live your life. You just live in your life. The world is already against you. Your flesh is constantly wanting to be in control. And this realm here, it's nothing but to see your destruction. Listen, you weren't meant for destruction, you all. You were not meant for destruction. Go to John 17. I'm coming to a close. But I challenged you all last week. So I wanted to give you the answer this week. I don't know if you all went to it or if you already knew where to find it. But John 17. The prayer of Jesus right before he was arrested. In this prayer, he prays for you. John 17. But I want you to hear what is on the heart of Jesus. He knows he's about to be arrested. He knows he's about to be crucified. And he also knows he's going to be resurrected. But in this hour, in this moment, where he's praying and he's dropping drops of blood, the agony that he's facing and, and, and going through The human side of him. Fully human, fully God. My God, my God. Take this cup from me. If there's any other way. But if not, not my will, your will. Do you understand? This is Jesus. This is the one in whom we say we believe in. If you're calling yourself a Christian. And I want you to hear his prayer. I don't know if you've ever gone and just sat with this portion of Scripture and just either have it played over you or you just read it. But I don't know how many times in the past 26 years of my walk with Christ that I have gone back and I have sat just with this portion of Scripture and how encouraged I get after reading it to keep persevering. Listen, it can be, you can be easily discouraged. You can easily be run down. You're behind enemy lines. You can easily look at everything going right for those who are walking wickedly. And you're like, God, here I am. And then this humbles me. When I go and I begin to read this, take your eyes off that. And look at the value and the worth that I've already received. The wholeness, the healing. So what if I have to go through another valley? (laughs) Uh, You know, so what? I'll just come out on the other side stronger. I'm not expecting my walk with Christ to make my life better in this world better. Does he take care of us? Yes. Do we have mountaintops experiences? Yes. But the majority of our Christian walk, we are 
in the valley going through. Remember, we're not taking up camp. We are going through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thy rod and staff are with me. They comfort me. That's a sign of discipline, you all. Your word says that you discipline those that you love. You know what I need, God. You are the author of my life. I'm not. I don't want it done my way any longer. I'm yours. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, Jesus, so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me to the glory we have shared, listen to that, before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world. Interesting, huh? My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me. Because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you. And you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I'm departing from the world. They are staying in this world. But I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name, so that they will be united as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that no one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. Talking about Judas there. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. I've given them your word. And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more, my God, than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. He's praying for his disciples. Perk up, because here you are in Scripture. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all, circle that, all, you, me, all, 
who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one, as you and I, I'm sorry, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, I and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Do you understand? This is Jesus, you all. Unless we keep making him this weird man in some weird book. This is God himself in flesh, the Son of God, Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me. Listen to the passion. Listen to the the zeal of his heart, his desire to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples you sent me. And I'm sorry, and these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. After saying these words, after this prayer, Jesus gets up and ultimately he's arrested. Like again, I don't know how you're sharpening your sword. I don't know if you're truly seeing your new identity as a Christian. This is all you have to offer yourself and others. So I want to sit down with people. I don't have nothing else to offer. I don't. And I tell people, well, okay, if you you know, if you don't want. The Christian counseling, well, I can tell you how to go and be a good person. <laughs> but you understand, like in the end, that's all you got. You, you got this that you're chasing after. Okay, that's what you want, but like for eternity, because you weren't meant for temporalness. You're meant for the eternal. But you say, no, I, I just tell people all I have is Jesus. That's all I can give you. I, they're not Rob's words. They're not, oh, I have to live how Rob wants me to live. Oh, I'm going to make Rob angry. I hate that. Like when I hear people say that, oh, did I make you angry? Do you understand people in this fellowship say that to me? And I hate it. There's something in me when I hear that. I say, do you even know who Jesus is? Because why are you looking at me? You ought to be more fearful what God thinks of you than what I think of you. If I had an issue with you, I'll let you know. But if you're trying to maintain this walk, you're trying to maintain this life in hopes that, okay, boom, Rob will approve, Rob will approve, what kind of fool are you? <laughs> really? That's foolishness. That's draining 
Your eyes are to be on Christ and on Christ alone. Ask Him if He has a problem with you. Because <laughs> He's probably already revealed it to you. That you do have active sin or issues in your life. That He wants you to come to Him. To get healed. To confess. To be restored. I mean, y'all, there is a way in which we are called to live. And it's to honor Christ. So when you hear that prayer, Jesus' prayer, like, man, I don't know what that does for you. But oh, how I pray that you'll take it and you'll sit with it. And, and if it's not doing anything for you, you've got to ask yourself, why not? To understand the confidence that you gain, not in of yourself, but in the one who called you to himself. The very one who spoke all of this into an existence. <laughs> How great is our God, you all. How great is our God. Stop playing with all this foolishness of this world and, and all this chaos that's going along and start getting up every single day and applying truth. Fight the good fight of faith. Push in and push on. Gain ground. Don't retreat. Don't back down. Get up and go forward. Be excited. The Christian life is exciting. I think of that brother who was just butchered down. He was only two weeks old as a Christian in his village. And he had to go out to get supplies for his wife and his daughter. And the village people chopped him up. Because he wouldn't renounce Christ. I said, God, he inspires me. May his life inspire others in that village for them to come to Christ. He knew when he accepted Christ what that would do to him. But he considered it all and said, I will not deny Christ. I can only imagine as he went out to gather what he needed to come back home. The joy that must have been within him even to suffer the way he suffers for Christ. Listen, you all. This Christian life is not some kumbaya type of life. It is hard work. It is sustained effort. It's living for Christ. It's denying ourselves. It's dying as we pick up the cross and as we're following him. I want to close today with this, I've heard this before years ago, but a young lady shared it again. And I thought, wow, that's such a great reminder. We'll pick up next week back in the prophecies and walking through our, our scriptures. But I want you to hear the lesson. So perk up, pay attention. And then I'll close this with a song of worship. But I wanted to end this because, man, God is so incredible. Even down to just... Nature itself, like he still reveals himself 
I don't know if you ever heard of the lesson from the crimson worm, or some call it the scarlet worm. But in Psalm 22, verse 6, it says, speaking of Christ, but I am a worm and no man. You say, interesting. Maybe we don't even get thought to things when we read that. But have you ever heard of the crimson worm or the scarlet worm? They're still on earth as of today. The Hebrew word for worm is rama, which means maggot. But the Hebrew word that is used for worm here is tola, which means crimson worm. Tola is the name of the specific worm of the Middle East. It is not until you begin to study the characteristics and the life cycle of the crimson or scarlet worm that you begin to see the tremendous truth revealed by Scripture. The crimson worm is common in the region of old Israel. In ancient days, the dead bodies of the female crimson worms were scraped from the tree, dried, and then ground into powder that was used to dye their cloth and garments a scarlet or red color. When the crimson worm climbs on the tree, it will not come back down alive. It is going to the tree to birth a family. And to do that, it must die. Yeshua, Jesus, knowing all these things, still was willing to die on the cross to birth a family. Once on a tree, the crimson worm attaches itself to the tree. The crimson worm then lays its eggs under its body and the protective shell and the protective shell. When the larva hatch, they stay under the shell. The mother's body gives protection for the newborn and also provides them food. The young feed on the living body of the mother. During the birthing process, she secretes a crimson fluid or gel. The scarlet fluid covers her entire body and all the eggs she lays. It also leaves a stain on the tree, which will never fade away with the passing of time. After dying to give birth to the family, something amazing takes place. For a period of three days, the worm can be scraped from the tree and the crimson gel can be used to make a dye. That dye was the same which was used in the tabernacle and in the garments of the high priests. On the morning of the fourth day, the worm pulls the head and tail together and now in the shape of a heart on the tree, but, no, but is no longer crimson, it is now a wax, which is white as snow. The snow white wax looks like a little patch of wool on the side of the tree and it begins to flake and drop to the ground like snow. Isaiah 1.18 Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. 
Yeshua, Jesus, gave up his life in order to cleanse his children from their sins with his crimson blood and purify their sins, making them white as snow. He died for us that we might live through him. Lastly, the crimson worm is also very fragrant when it is crushed. Ephesians 5.2 And walk in love as Messiah also has loved us and gave himself for us, a gift and offering to Elohim for a sweet-smelling fragrance. Some uses of crimson in, in Scripture as an offering, Exodus 25.4, and the tabernacle coverings and curtains, Exodus 26.7, as a high, in the high priest's holy garments and breastplate, Exodus 20 and 39, the veil of the tabernacle in the temple, Exodus 26 and 36, Rahab's thread, Joshua 2, sin, Isaiah 18, Jesus' robe, Matthew 27, 28, Jesus the Nazarene, our Master and Savior, the Messiah, Son of the Eternal, became a worm for our sake. Let's not forget what this means. This lesson from this crimson worm, you all. It's amazing. It's amazing. I am going to close with the notes that I have here because it's not going to take long for True Freedom Fellowship. So last week I started kind of encouraging us to remember who we are as a church, as an active local body of believers. We are a full functioning church. We may not meet in a quote unquote church building, but we do meet. We are a full functioning church. So last week we talked about who we, you know, who we are. What are our values? And Carrie's printed out them for us to take away. But now I want you to know what we believe. You can always go to our website and you can look at and gain understanding if this is your church family of who we are and what you're saying you are belonging to. You should know. But for our statement of faith, we're only going to cover the first six. We'll cover the next six next week. But our statement of faith, what do we believe? One, the Word of God. We believe that the Bible is the Word of God, fully inspired and without error in the original manuscripts written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and that (coughs) it has supreme authority in all matters of faith and conduct. The second, we believe the Trinity. We believe that there is one living and true God, eternally existing in three persons, that these are equal in ever divine perfection and that they execute distinct but harmonious harmonious offices, harmonious offices in the work of creation, providence, and redemption. We believe God the Father. We believe in God the Father, an infinite, personal, spirit, sovereign, unchangeable, eternal, perfect in holiness, wisdom, power, justice, goodness, love, and truth. We believe that he concerns himself mercifully in the affairs of men, that he hears and answers prayers, and that he saves <coughs> and that he saves from sin and death all who come to him through Jesus Christ. Fourth, we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in Jesus Christ, God's unique and only Son, who was and is fully God and fully man. We believe in his conception by the Holy Spirit, his virgin birth, sinless life, miracles and teachings. We believe in his substitutionary, propitiatory death, 
bodily resurrection, ascension into heaven, perpetual intercession for his people, and personable, visible return to earth. Jesus Christ is the only object of saving faith in the Old and New Testament. We believe the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit who came forth from the Father and the Son to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, and to regenerate, sanctify, and empower all who believe in Jesus Christ. We believe the Holy Spirit is fully God and it dwells in every believer in Christ. He gives gifts to each believer for fruitful service as he desires. He is an, an inviting helper, teacher, and guide. And finally, we believe in salvation. We believe that all mankind are sinners and in need of salvation. This salvation is by God's sovereign grace through a personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is the great spiritual work for which Jesus came to the earth. He died for our sins so that we might have this salvation. This salvation is given by the grace of God and not earned or merited in any way. It is given with the purpose that men should glorify God through an and obedient walk with him. Those who do not receive this salvation are condemned to an eternity apart from God, which the Bible calls hell. First part of our statement of faith. And under each one, we've listed we've list scriptures there. So you can go and you can look at these scriptures and you can see in scriptures why we believe what we believe. So I'm really hoping by doing this, it encourages us so that y'all can get out there and start encouraging others, start inviting others in. You say, oh, but it's a small house. What's going to happen if we have more? It's okay. We'll let God deal with that. <laughs> but you all should be able to go out there well, y'all meet in a home? Like you should be able to discuss. What does that have to do? It doesn't matter what you mean. We are the body of Christ. We are part of the church that's in the earth. Come, come, hear the message of Jesus. We're not going to water it down. We're not going to withhold it. We're going to love people right where they're at. We're not going to force anyone. We're not going to do anything crazy or weird. We just want people to have an opportunity to come. And like I told you last week, even if you first invite them just to come to lunch. And I say, but that's weird. No, it's not weird. You're going to love these people. <laughs> They're like family. They're not going to care. But I'm really hoping that you know who you're giving yourself to, ultimately Christ, and then who you're saying you're linking arms with, if this is your church family, to accomplish what Christ has called us to do. To be the people of God. To do the will of God. For the glory of God. Amen? Amen. I'm going to close this with this last song. And then I'll close this in prayer.
sing I will rest. I will rest in your promises, my confidence. Come on. 